Hello, everyone, and welcome to Casual Experts Only. We are your casual experts, Mike and Luke. And today we're going to be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, now that the third one is finally out. We're going to be talking about the movies, like um, how they compare to the comics, all that kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, potentially this could be the best MCU trilogy ever. A lot of people are saying that. We're going to kind of talk about that as well, as well Mm -hmm. as some news, um, Superman legacy casting rumors, writer strike, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, let's hop right into it. So uh, first things first, I guess let's talk about the writer strike. Um, How long has that been going on now? Like a few weeks now, I think. Uh, I think it started on May 2nd, so about two weeks now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so basically, uh, there's a couple of main reasons for it. Um, Yeah. One of the the big ones is it's not really, I mean, this has kind of been happening for a while. There there was a writer's strike about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it was like um, in 2008, I think. Yeah, 2007, yeah, so like 2008, thir- yeah. 13 years ago. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, basically, and since then, there hasn't really been any changes. So, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, writers are only making, like, seven, 70000 to to 100000 a year. Right. So, like, it's, like, a part-time job, basically. Um, but another thing is, is, is the writer's room, specifically when it comes to streaming. Um, right, right. Yeah, so, like, the, the, the studios are trying to make, like, smaller and smaller writing groups and then like the time that each writer spends in that group is shortened as well so it's like kind of a revolving door mm-hmm. which basically is it's resulting in like the writers basically being treated like gig workers and like contractors yeah. instead of like full-time employees because mm-hmm. like for um there's a residual thing like in, in cable tv for yeah. example when um like well, let's say Cheers. Like if if an episode that I wrote of Cheers were to air, I would get some residuals every time that episode were to come on. And the same with The right. Office and all all cable TV. But it's not the same way with streaming. Mm-hmm. And so if if I were to write an episode for for a streaming show, I would get paid once, and that would be it. And like the, that's kind of the big thing, um, you know, residuals, the pay rate, the the writers' rooms, and all that. And and I think that. Um, Drew Drew Gooden did had a really good video on YouTube talking about the whole thing, and he goes into really good depth about it. But that's pretty much the big the big thing is uh, the being paid and spending more time because especially for um, for writers who are starting out, a lot of that time spent is actually like experience, and then you can kind of like you know build a career off of it. But you're spending less time in that group; it's it's harder to get momentum. If that makes sense, yeah. Um... <clears throat> yeah, I, I heard about that residuals thing. And like, mm-hmm. I think some companies like Netflix and stuff are saying that they couldn't really track, like, you know, how many yeah. times something has been watched. And that's kind of the reason, but that doesn't really make any sense because they definitely no. track that stuff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it seems a little bit stupid. So, yeah, um, there's that. And then also, apparently, um, Disney and HBO, like Disney and Warner Brothers or HBO kind of released a statement to writers guild members. Um, yeah, apparently the statement says, yeah, well, this is according to dead deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the studios are trying to make damn sure they show up for work. If you are a WGA, this is what the statement says. Um, if you are a WGA member, HBO slash HBO Max respects your membership in the WGA and you will not do anything and we will not do anything to place you in jeopardy of WGA rules. Okay, so this is a May 2nd letter from the Warner Brothers Discovery owned division. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that was sent out. However, we believe certain services such as participating in the cast process and or contributing to non-writing production and post-production work are clear examples of a non-WGA required service that should continue to be rendered during this time Um, under the National Labor Relations Act that the WGA 
is not permitted to in interfere with an employer's right to designate employees to perform a certain supervisory functions, yada, yada. So they're basically like trying to get showrunners to come in and like still yeah. work, you know, showrunners and producers. But yeah, as long as they're not doing like writing work, you know, right. So, right. um, and apparently I think I heard that they don't want anybody participate in like the active protests, I guess, like any members of their, uh, like any, um, showrunners and stuff like, any okay. of their employees um and disney had a very similar letter that they sent out so yeah seems like they're like yeah your strike's cool but also come to work <laughs> right like it seems like the writers are kind of safe but other people who are like showrunners and producers who also write yeah um are kind of like they're saying like well you're not really allowed you're allowed to not write but you're not really allowed to strike even though plenty yeah. of them have been striking anyway so we'll right. see how that goes yeah. If they're going to try and start firing all these showrunners, you know, like if they're going to keep like, you know, um, if, if they're going to keep striking and, mm. you know, maybe if these companies want to try and start firing these people for that, you know, we'll see how that goes down. But generally, writer strikes don't, you know, um, yeah, aren't you usually great Right. So um, <laughs> I feel like these companies are definitely, you know, it seems like from what I've been hearing from, you know, like the statements from CEOs and stuff, they don't really seem to be taking it very seriously. Right. Um, so we'll see how this goes. And like there's been talk of, you know, trying to use AI to write shows, which yeah really doesn't seem like we're at that level anyway, where they could do like mm -hmm. make actual, mm -hmm. you know, decent content. Right, but I guess we'll see. I feel like lawsuits might come out of this if they try stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you you sent me an article about James Gunn supporting the writer strike. Yeah, because obviously he's 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 a writer as well, and so it yep. was. I'm not to totally sure. I heard some places say that he was maybe stepping down entirely, and not just like from the writing, but like completely temporarily at least uh, from all of his positions at DC as well. That's kind of. Okay. Some of some, something I was heard, but then I'm also heard that Superman Legacy is moving forward, and so that I don't really know what to like what, what what's true or not. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like yeah, because it, it it I I'm pretty sure he confirmed that he turned in like the first draft of the script. Yeah, for Superman Legacy before the strike happened, and right. from what I'm hearing, it sounds like he still wants to hit a January um production start date. Okay. So I'm not sure if he's still working on the movie or not, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, at the very least, obviously he's going to support the writer strike, but I feel like he's right. still we're, we're working on the movie. Just not with, you know, not dealing with writing, probably like working on casting right now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Superman casting, there's, there's, there was this Hollywood reporter article that came out just a couple days ago, just a few days ago. And, um, it, it said that, David Cornsweet, who's been like, there's been a lot of fan art and crap for him for years because he looks kind of like Henry Cavill and Christopher Reeve had a baby. You know, mm -hmm. he looks very much, you know, like them. He's been kind of a fan cast for a while, and the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that he's in the running. He's like a top contender as well as Jacob Elordi. And mm -hmm. this article also said that as for Lois Lane, um, contenders have been Emma Mackey, um, what's it, Rachel Brosnahan, Phoebe Dinever, um, and Samara Weaving. Okay, yeah. Uh, and there's also been rumors going around that Nicholas Holt is in the running to play Lex Luthor. Mm. Uh, but it's you know like it's while it is in the Hollywood Reporter these artists kind of still seems like they're in the rumor stage. Yeah. Uh, and James Gunn did respond to this with a tweet. Mm -hmm. um, he said, yeah, what he said is for all of you asking, I would never comment on who is or isn't auditioning for a role. That's the actor's business only and isn't something I'd make public unless they did it first. After the mm -hmm. fact, for now, only one person has been cast in Superman Legacy, and it isn't any of the regular players in this in the Superman world. And he ended it with a emoji of like looks like a merman. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting with mm -hmm. you know what 
cryptic message that means you know like could it be like oh we cast aquaman could it be you know something completely different <laughs> it's, right. hard, it's hard to tell uh and then justin kroll who works for deadline uh he's like a senior writer there when it comes i think like in the film department or something um he he tweeted to be clear they aren't close to making a short list let alone picking their superman so using terms like front runner might be a tad strong so it seems likely that more like these people have auditioned or yeah. are in the running, but there isn't really any sort of, you know, it doesn't seem like they're actually close to casting anybody major yet. Um, mm-hmm. Which speaking of the castings and kind of goes hand in hand with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's been some like fan casting of Will Poulter as Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think I think it's great. I think he yeah. make really good Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, the only thing for me is that he's like he's tall. He's like six two, mm. six three. So I feel like you have to have a Superman that's taller, or at least make him appear taller. Sure. But then again, like the and also you know he is like a larger dude, especially like he bulked mm. up for Guardians of the Galaxy, but right. he was already kind of bulking up for years before that. Like if you mm. look at him from like twenty seventeen to like twenty twenty. You know, he mm-hmm. definitely put on quite a bit of muscle and just kind of filled out like he's like 30 now, you know. Yeah. So I feel like either, you know, he would just kind of have to l- lose a lot of that mass quickly, which I feel like, you know, would mm-hmm. be probably unhealthy or, you know, or could just be like, oh, this Jimmy Olsen's into CrossFit. You know, I don't know. So right. this is something. But uh, but yeah, no, I think he looks the part a lot uh, like he lo- he looks really good. I, I just kind of hope they get they give him the classic red hair. I yeah. feel like too many redhead characters like aren't redheads, you know. Mm. <laughs> uh, man, I'd like to see a redheaded Jimmy Olsen, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think he was redhead a redhead in like the Reeves movies. I think he he had brown hair. I think. Yeah, I think he was brown. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that. The only other real news I didn't really like research it too much. I just heard stuff about like a Jonathan the Jonathan Majors case, mm. and. Um, I don't know. It just seems really messy. I don't really want to comment too much on it, you know, right now. Um, but like his defense, you know, says they have a lot of evidence that mm-hmm. he's innocent. But then, you know, I've been hearing the stuff that there's a bunch of w- women that came and were um, cooperating with the district attorney's office. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to tell at this point, you know, what's going on. And like, at the very least, it's like, I doubt that woman beat herself up, you know, right like at the, at the very least, you know, there was an altercation and there was like a fight between them, you know, and they, mm-hmm. but at the same time, oh well, yeah. And also I think her testimony changed a couple of times because the first time she mentioned him strangling her, then the second time she didn't mention that at all and like changed like the story a bit. So it's hard. And it's like, so I think his defense is trying to say that um, her defense is like, trying to get her to change her story or something and that and that's why it's inconsistent so it it, it just kind of seems messy um yeah and i just i think it's really surprising because like even if he is innocent it's still it's still tarnishing in a way and, and, and i'm just kind of yeah. shocked because it still doesn't disney, look good <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and D- disney they fired james gunn over like a tweet from yeah. a million years ago and it's like yeah. that Getting into a fight, whether it was self-defense or it was offensive, is still, I think, much worse than any tweet, in my opinion. But uh, I think I no know, matter the reasons me. or anything, like at the very least, he did, <laughs> uh, you know, lay hands on this woman. Don't really know right. everything, but some people are acting right. like this means like, oh, it means he's innocent being like framed or something. And it's like, I highly doubt she like did that to herself because like right. the way the injuries look like they would be able to tell if they were self-inflicted. Um, yeah. You know, unless you believe it's some crazy grand conspiracy, which is like, what? Why? Um, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it definitely seems kind of weird. But there's definitely a lot of people who are, yeah, ready to, like, you know, act like he's being framed or something because of this. It mm-hmm. definitely seems weird, though. So, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on those on this mm-hmm. for all the developments. But, yeah, let's get into the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Right. Um yeah, so first off, before we get into the movies like separately, I just kind of wanted to talk about some of the differences from the comics and mm-hmm. some of that stuff. So first off, like one of the big differences is the lineup, at least the original. So in the movies, the original like Guardians of the Galaxy are, you know, like Star-Lord, Drax, Rocket, right. Groot, right. Gamora. Whereas in the comics, they were like, I think they were, they were from like the 31st century or something originally. Yeah, back from the 70s, yeah. yeah. It's basically... 
Marvel's versions of the Legion of Superheroes, kind of yeah. from the future, and uh, that's uh, Yon, That's where Yondu comes from. Yeah, yeah, because that 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 blue guy's Yondu, and then there's um, Star Starhawk. Yes, Starhawk, and then a few others that we yeah. do kind of see in Guardians of the Galaxy two in an end credit scene. Yeah. Like we yeah. see some of them, and you know, there's still Sil- <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Starhawk. Um, right. But in this, they they make they make them all ravagers in the movie mm-hmm. which i'm pretty sure ravagers are original to the movies as well yeah i believe the ravagers were um i mean i i think they're completely different but i think there's another marvel ravagers like from i think, I think so i think like yeah. old man logan storyline or so no no but they are from like wolverine comics i think um <laughs> but yeah so that i thought that was kind of interesting but it was, it was kind of cool that he brought all those characters james gunn brought them all yeah, into the movies, even though they weren't, you know, the original Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing is Star Lord's father. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's probably the other major difference. Yeah, um, is Star Lord's father, who in the comics is Jason of Spartex. He's like the ruler of Spartex and yeah, you know, kind of a psycho. But apparently, mm-hmm. James Gunn hates <laughs> Jason. I'm not really sure if he ever said why, um, mm-hmm. but that's why he made. Um, Star Lord's dead ego instead. Yeah. Um, which like I I think it worked fine in the, in yeah. the movie. Like I liked it, and I feel like the only thing that would have been cool about me keeping just Jason is like the whole I don't know like space political intrigue that that they could yeah. have gone yeah. with it. That could have been kind of cool and seeing like Spartex and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But you know, oh well. It was I still liked what they did with yeah. e- with with ego. Um, and it kind of introduced the Celestials, which I guess kind of the first one sort of did with like a little like mm-hmm. Easter eggs and stuff. But I think the other big differences are the origins of some of the characters and yeah. like with Drax, who was originally created by like he was he was killed by Thanos. Like, yeah, he was like a regular human. Yes, he was, and then he was killed yeah. by Thanos, and then Thanos's father and, and grandfather made an art like a new artificial body for him, mm-hmm. and they they basically specifically designed him to kill Thanos. Um, just to yeah, so I thought that was interesting, yeah. and this is what he originally looked like, and he had like I, I don't think he really talked at all at first. Mm-hmm. And he he could actually fly, and he was more like a Superman character. It's kind of or kind of like Superman meets Hulk. Yeah, kind of interesting. And a lot of these characters had been around since like the seventies and eighties, yeah. but they didn't they weren't really like together as a team until two thousand eight. Right, exactly. That that's a big difference too. Is that they were all like already established characters, and Star Lord mm-hmm. just brought them together. They, they right. weren't like introduced in the same Guardians story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the looks are different too. Like the original Gamora is definitely a little bit uh, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. And then and then there's even the the white armor she has in the newer comics, which yeah, I'll be honest, I kind of would have liked to see this in live action. Yeah. Um, that is one of the things like I really wish they would have showed, but you know, that doesn't seem like we're gonna get any time at this point. Mm-hmm. But and also there's Star Lords. Like he has more of a helmet instead of a mask, yeah. Uh, in the comics, which I kind of would have liked to see at least once. Like I, I didn't mind the mask; like it grew, it grew on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, th- I think that those are the major differences. I don't think I can really think of any other ones. Like I haven't delved too much into this the Guardians of the comics at all. But I mean, the only thing—it's not even really a major difference. But uh, in the comics, Star Lord's guns are elemental. Yeah, which, but it, it's not really mentioned in any of the movies. It's not. I think they kind of are, but it's true. It's not really mentioned because um, he uses like I think in the first movie at least they show him use like they have like two different kinds of like e- energy or something that come out of it. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it seems like electricity, sometimes like something else. So it's not really clear. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a lot more like actual elements like fire mm-hmm. and water and stuff like that in the comics um mm-hmm. yeah so were you were you familiar with the guardians at all before the movie came out no i was not okay so i i kind of i knew of them because mm-hmm. when i was really young like probably like seven eight i went to like the toys section of like walmart or something and i saw this um 
a- action figure set of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, oh, who the hell are these people? So like, I looked on the back and I like read the the description, and that was kind of like the extent of my knowledge of them. Sure. I think like I looked up some stuff before the movie came out, but other than mm-hmm. that, so I like I was a little bit like confused sometimes. Like, oh, well, Drax is different, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, so let's just jump into the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, this mm-hmm. was kind of I don't know. I mean, like. Marvel already had some pretty groundbreaking movies, but I feel like at the time when it came out, it was groundbreaking in that it took a bunch of really lesser known, like probably C-list characters and really yeah. made them mainstream. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect with this movie when it first came out. I mean, I didn't know any, I didn't know who James Gunn was. I don't think really, right. anybody really did unless they like watch Slither or Super or something. Yeah. So like, I wasn't sure what this going to be. And like, you know, I remember walking out of the theater being like wow that, that was a lot better than i expected oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. it was really cool you know there's it's really funny i think overall at least until the third one i think this movie the first one had is just like kind of the most consistent throughout the whole movie like consistently like good you know mm-hmm. um i really like the you know there's a lot of humor in it but yeah. it's not you know, it, it feels like it comes from the characters and like it's fun, you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it all lands pretty well and the special effects are great, you know. Yeah. It introduces a lot of Marvel cosmic stuff, mm-hmm. which we hadn't really gotten at that point besides the Chitari in the Avengers. Yeah. Um, so that was all super cool, you know, great soundtrack, all that stuff. Like it's kind of hard to talk about this movie because I feel like it's been talked to death. It came out like nine years ago now at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I did rewatch it for before the new one came out. Mm. And I got to say I think Ronan's a fine villain. Like, you know, yeah. like I he he gets a lot of hate um especially like the last few years, but I think he's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. I think like he's got a clear motive. He hates the Zandarians because, you know, of their war with his people. Like there's like I feel like there's not a whole much a whole lot deeper you could go with his character. And he's mm-hmm. even more fleshed out than in the comics, I think. So, you right. know, you know, there's not a whole lot, a lot else. And it, oh, and it introduced, you know, like the origin of the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. This this movie did a lot. And it did it all really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of it's kind of a, a comic book movie classic at this point, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and like I said, like it has a it, it has a good tone, like it balances the humor with like the more heavy emotional beats really well, like the stuff with Peter's mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just. Very good, but yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's not a whole lot else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, and now we have the second one, which mm-hmm. is a little more controversial. Um, we talked a bit about it in our MCU tier list video on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, if you want to check that out, um, but link to our YouTube will be in the description. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we talked a bit about that, and kind of I, I I feel like with this movie. I don't know. I re- I rewatched this one too, and I think I rewatched it after we made that video. So I feel like my opinions have changed a little bit on it. It's 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 really hard for me to compare this one to the first one. Okay. I feel like the first half of this movie is okay, and then the mm-hmm. last half is really freaking good. Yeah. I feel like the first half gets a little bogged down with like I don't know, just like humor that doesn't land too much. I don't think. Like mm-hmm. they said, it hasn't aged well, you know, it's just like, eh, like, it, like it was kind of funny the first time I saw it. And then the more yeah. I see it, I'm like, eh, you know, um, stuff, stuff like that. But then the, like the last half has like three or four like scenes that are like really like deep and emotional. I'm like, oh shoot. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like, very good. And like Kurt, R- Kurt Russell's great as ego. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. The sovereign are interesting cause they're mm-hmm. actually original to the movies. Yeah. Um, Aisha is a character in the, in the comics. She's like, and she's actually Adam Warlock's sister, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. But yeah, like th- there's that one scene with like Yondu talking to Rocket, which like kind of saying, you know, they're kind of like the, the same, like not only in like their origins kind, you know, like not only do they have similar origins, but they both like kind of push people away because of, you mm-hmm. know, their hurt and everything. 
Um, yeah. Which I thought was a very, very good scene. And like, even though I've seen it so many times, it still like gets me all choked up and stuff. And so does, you know, the death scene yeah. with Yon doing everything. Like it's, 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 it's really good. Like in it, it all works really well. And like that scene too, at the end where Yondu has like the ravager funeral. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's like a, so many great emotional scenes. And I think my biggest complaint besides like some of the eh, humor of this movie is I feel like Drax kind of just gets relegated to like a punchline for most of the movie. I, mm. I really like his re- relationship with Mantis and how that evolves throughout the movies too. But yeah. you know, the first movie kind of tackled like him being, you know, like Drax, the destroyer, and, you know, mm-hmm. him being mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a slaughter machine kind of, but in this, yeah. we don't really see that. Like every time he's in an action scene, he just kind of gets his ass kicked mm. um, or, or, or does something stupid. And yeah. I feel like he's, he's supposed to be a lot more badass than that. Like, I don't mind the humor so much because, you know, when it happens to be like with the literalness of it and everything. But I feel like they, this kind of started to make him a little too stupid. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, that's like all my like main complaints with this movie. Everything else is really yeah. good. Um, yeah, solid movie. Um, before we move on, I wanted to ask you about what what do you think about the portrayal of the Guardians like outside of their movies, where it's like not James Gunn, where it's like somebody else. Like, what do you think about like in Infinity War and like Endgame and stuff mm. like that? And I guess Thor too. Um, mixed bag, I guess. Mm. I mean, I, I like an Infinity War. They keep Star Lord's um, strategic mind you know his strategic skills which i feel like honestly they in some ways they do better in like infinity war than in Mm -hmm. the guardians movies but then you know that's always like there's that controversial scene where like he attacks thanos and stuff and like Mm -hmm. i don't know i've made i've always had kind of had mixed feelings about it because i feel like it's not super off-brand for star lord but at the same time you know, it is a bit, it was a bit stupid, you know, <laughs> like it was a bit like, uh, okay. I, I felt like that they just kind of needed a reason for Thanos to, you know, escape from yeah. them. But I mean, I liked that they actually showed Gamora and um, Star-Lord's relationship. Like it, it, it's, it's kind of hard because there's like a four year gap between the second movie and the, in you know, in Infinity War. So I feel like, you know, it's hard to say, like, you know, any differences are unwarranted because it's been four years. Right. You know, we've seen, you know, like we didn't get to see the relationship evolve, you know, mm-hmm. the last four years. So it makes sense. You know, they would just be like a couple at this point. Um, I felt like the, 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 the dynamic between like Thor and Star-Lord is kind of funny, but also kind of weird. I feel like it kind of shows an aspect of Thor that we don't really see anywhere else. And I don't like, it's kind of weird. I think Yeah. the way he kind of just kind of like horns in and tries to like almost take over the ship or something like, why, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I I feel like it's kind of summed up in that one scene in Endgame where they go back and war machines like, Oh, so he's just an idiot. And it's like, Oh yeah. I feel like that's not necessarily incorrect. There's, there's more to it than that. I feel like uh, in the James Gunn movies, the betrayal of, yeah, they're all like losers and idiots, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more nuance to it than that. And I feel like these other movies don't necessarily give them that for the most part. Yeah. Um, But I mean, like, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. I honestly, I cannot remember I don't have any thoughts about their betrayal in Love and Thunder because I don't remember any of their. I mean, they didn't anything. Really, yeah, they they weren't really yeah. in it much. Um, yeah. I don't think anything was really like that spectacular either way. That being <laughs> said, apparently James Gunn, I think, had to yeah. rewrite some of their scenes in Love and Thunder. So I mm. feel like Taika Waititi probably was going to make them even more stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like. I mean, I feel like the first half of Guardians two kind of makes them really stupid for the first mm-hmm. half and then then, 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 and then and like in the last half a lot of the characters get like emotional moments where yeah right. I, I can definitely see like an infinity war is more leaning into like this kind of a stupid mm-hmm. aspect but i don't think it's necessarily like original to those movies i feel like it's just yeah kind of drains you know it's like it kind of put the characters through a strainer and like only gets like bits and pieces which i guess is like kind of to be expected from such a huge movie you know, right. you can't do every character justice. Um, I think mm-hmm. they were okay. I think especially Rocket got to shine, and then Nebula yeah. as well in Endgame. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of Nebula, like we'll talk about her more in three when, when we talk about three. But I feel like she has like some like one of the best arcs in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, just have like such a like journey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going from villain to guardian. You know, and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. But um, yeah, I feel like there's not a whole lot else to talk about them outside of. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity War and Endgame, you know. Yeah, yeah. Besides, you know, we get a basically a, re- a rebooted Gamora now, <laughs> right? Which kind of which goes into the the, the third yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. What are your thoughts on this movie? We haven't really talked about it at all. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, yeah. it's it's definitely one of my favorite MCU movies at this point because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it, but like for for a lot of these movies, there is this sort of like this action kind of popcorn appeal to it. Where it's like they're not like masterpieces but like you know it's still a good movie like yeah. like with, with with shang chi and dr strange and all that but like mm-hmm. this is like legitimately like it's not gonna win any oscars but like it's a legitimately great movie like mm-hmm. outside of just like the superhero mcu-ness I just, it's just like it's a good movie yeah i don't know how to describe it beyond that yeah yeah i definitely agree with you there um it was kind of a nice i don't know change i guess like from what you said like a lot of them have been kind of just like popcorn i think there's been like some really good ones in yeah. there but at the same time they haven't really had as much substance i think as this mm-hmm. did and i right. feel like a lot of it came from rocket's past but also yeah. just the dynamic and the bond mm-hmm. between the different guardians members mm-hmm. and yeah this is this, this is kind of a small thing but i really like that they had their like classic yeah. suits like from the comics mm-hmm. the only thing is i really wish uh star lord had had like his mask with it mm-hmm. you know kind of looked like this because that's kind of like what he looked like in the comic you know that would have been right. cool which i think that, that that was like my like one of my only problems with it is like i wish he had had his like more mm-hmm. like his like all like all his gear in the in in the movie you know like his mask yeah. and everything and um yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure James Gunn came out and said that it was because he left it on nowhere because they were just trying to get out of there. But mm. I'm like, he couldn't have just ran out of the ship and like grabbed it and come back, you know? Like, I mean, I guess he probably wasn't thinking about it at the time because they were in a hurry. But mm. at, the, at the same time, like, it, it felt like kind of a weird, a weird choice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the High Evolutionary, he was a piece of shit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was like a, a, a villain. We haven't really seen anything like him in a long time. I feel yes. like recently, like the best villain that comes to mind is um, Wen Wu from Shang-Chi, but that's kind of like a very different, yeah, different very. thing together. I feel like, like Green, I, Green Goblin is... Yeah. I don't know, because I feel like with villains, like a, a, a good villain, you're mm-hmm. either going to like love to hate him or you hate to love them, like to put it like very kind of oversimplistically, but yeah, you know, there's the ones that like you kind of like either because they have like a relatable story backstory mm. or something that makes you a- empathize with them, or you just like them because they're fun to watch. Say like, um, Willem Dafoe's green goblin, I think is just really yeah. fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think same thing with, uh, dang it. I just had it. There's another character and now I forget. Oh yeah. Um, I think, Daniel Bruhl as Zemo, especially mm. in Falcon the in the Winter Soldier, yeah. they're just like a fun villain to watch. But, the, mm-hmm. but then there's ones that are like well written, like to the point where you actually freaking hate them. Yeah, <laughs> and I think yeah. the High Evolutionary is definitely there. Like he's one mm-hmm. of the only villains I can think of in recent memory that like I actively was like, I hope they freaking kill this guy. <laughs> he's such yeah. an ass. Um, yeah, he's just God. He was just like such a oh my god. Which, you know, is like kind of the point, which I thought was yeah, like done exactly. very well. And it's like they, a little a little different from the comic. This is kind of what he looked like in the comics. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder why they went with the blue inst- or the purple instead of the red. But yeah, but in the comics, I, th- I think in the movie they made him like they kind of suggested that he was an alien. Uh, yeah, based on like he said he has music from like thousands of years ago and that wouldn't make sense if he was a human. But yeah, it, it's definitely implied that he's not from Earth. Plus, he said to Star-Lord at one point that he visited Earth a while ago. Yeah. Which like, why would he visit Earth if he was, you know, born there? Um, right. But yeah, like the the whole thing with like Rocket's friends, um, mm. that, that was just really well done and the whole like all the experiments done on rocket you know like when they first show him was like a baby it's just like really heart-wrenching mm-hmm. uh, it definitely got me choked up a lot and it's like oh my god that one scene where he just like where all, all his friends died 
yeah i was like viscerally mad i was like oh my god <laughs> like it was yeah that was something this is so well done all the, all the emotional yeah. beats and i feel like he really toned it down on the humor mm. but in a good way because i felt like it yeah. led to more like good character moments mm-hmm. and then and like there, there was still humor there you know yeah, here and sure. there which i feel like you know people who were like very sensitive to like you know cringy humor or like fine you know that that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because like i have a friend who's like that and he did not you know like the, the that like those there were like a couple scenes that really re- like almost ruined the movie for him like mm-hmm. okay but like yeah, and i feel like this movie had like the best action out of the whole trilogy oh yeah like, there's that one scene in the hallway that i think yes. it's like a, a, an unbroken shot for like three yeah, minutes yeah. i think it's yeah, it's incredible yeah it's very good i was like wow and even like the lead up to it like the mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the cool because like it, it, it they have kind of come a long way because in, in the first movie they had a scene kind of like this but they kind of made a joke out of it where they were like at mm-hmm. first they were walking cool you know yeah and then they kind of like yawned or were just like oh whatever you know this was mm-hmm. like actively just like nope they're they're just badass you know right i thought right. that was cool and yeah and that's something too like it wasn't perfect but i feel like this really g- gave drax time to shine because hmm. um, there were several scenes where it really showed like oh yeah that that's right he's strong as hell um right you know like there were a few fighting shots and like when he fought adam warlock like he kind of held his own for a minute there mm-hmm. and that one scene where he just like b- broke down the door to high evolutionary ship or something yeah and stuff stuff like that was cool and they gave mantis a lot to do too she was actually pretty cool i kind of mm-hmm. i wasn't a huge fan of her in the second movie she was okay you know like she was an all right character but i had a hard time like being like how is she that valuable to the team besides occasionally when they need to put somebody to sleep you know right but this, like, she grew on me, but then this gave her a lot to do. Like, I feel like all the characters were kind of at, at their yeah. best, right. which I thought was was a great way to end, you know, a, a, tr- mm-hmm. a trilogy. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Adam Warlock? Because I know, like, it's kind of controversial. Like, I, I don't think as many people dislike it as I expected, yeah. but I, there's definitely, you know, some naysayers. I mean, like, yeah, they they changed him quite a bit. Like, originally, Adam Warlock had a much bigger play in the Infinity Zone, the Infinity Gauntlet whole saga, I guess you could say. But right. yeah. it, if you were to have an Adam Warlock outside of that context, I feel yes. like they did a pretty good job with it. Um, yes. <clears throat> it. He is rather goofy, but I don't really mind it. I feel like he's he's for what he's he's done for. I feel like he did a really good job with what he was given. Yeah, I think I kind of gave up on having a like crazy p- powerful like godlike adam warlock mm-hmm. since like when they didn't put him in an infinity war or end game i, I kind of figured right. after the end credit scene of the second movie that he was going to show up and be a big part of like infinity war like right. he was in the comics i mean even the, right. the stone on his forehead is the soul the soul stone mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. soul gem in the comics but yeah. i kind of gave up on seeing that <laughs> when he didn't show up and I was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of like the best way to utilize that character. Like, he's definitely done things since then. Yeah. But that was kind of like a big, huge part of his origin in the comics. And well, not really mm-hmm. origin, but like, you know, his arc. Yeah. And in the comics, he did originally work for High Evolutionary mm-hmm. briefly. So I think it made sense. Um, and they also threw that curveball that he created the Sovereign, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, I I didn't mind it, especially considering it's like an origin for him. You know, now if they never do anything with him later on in the MCU, I'll be a little bit upset, you know, considering, you know, how kind of powerful he's supposed to be in the comics and, you know, like how big of a role he has in the Marvel Universe. But I think Will Poulter did a really good job. I think they, they, they did a good job making him like you know, this really powerful character while also having, like, a personality, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like the goofiness came more just from him being, like, you know, a newborn, basically. <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. Which I think, like, it made sense. They even said that. Like, she even said he's, like, out of his cocoon, like, too early. Mm-hmm. Aisha said that. Like, I think it worked fine. But then there's also, there's also plenty of scenes where he's, you know, they, they show he's powerful, like, when he took on the Guardians. Right. single-handedly and when he this like ripped that like w- w- i think its name was war pig he just like mm. ripped its head off you know without yeah. really like without, without any sort of uh um effort and I, I i did like his arc you know he started out as kind of like a villain and then like throughout you know by the end yeah. by the end of the movie he was like one of them <laughs> which was pretty cool and i think i made sense because like, he didn't ever see you know he wasn't like an evil character he was just trying right. to like do right. what his mom wanted basically 
and to protect her. So I felt like that was pretty authentic. And yeah, I really hope they do more with him, whether mm-hmm. it's like with Guardian stuff or his own stuff. I would really mm-hmm. be into mm-hmm. seeing that. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about this movie. I can't think. I, I don't think there's I mean, anything else. I just had like a, a couple of like, I mean, I love this movie, but there's a couple of things that like a couple nitpicks. Like, yeah. I mean, there was that one part where um, Star-Lord, like, jumps out of the, yeah. the ship, but it's, like, but then he doesn't die, but it, like, I, it's, like, why I, is that there? Yeah, I feel like there were three, two, three or four fake-outs where it seemed like somebody was yeah. going to die. Yeah. And after the second one, you know, I was, like, yeah, I hope there's no more, and then, then there was more. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. there was, like, one or two too many fake-outs. Right. Which I don't feel like somebody needed to die, because especially yeah. considering how many people on the internet were like, somebody's gonna die, somebody's gonna die. You know, right. <laughs> I felt like it was almost like subverting expectations to not let anybody die. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, and also by the end, it's like it felt really earned, and I didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to die. You know, right. I was happy everybody made it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like the Starlord one at the end was kind of gratuitous. Like, yes, it, like it really seemed like he died for a second. But I was mad, not just because he died, but because because I thought he died, but because it's like he died because he went back for his Zune. Right. Like, like, like they went through all that crap, and then he just gonna die like that, and then then they had it. Yeah. Like I, I was expecting Adam Warlock to come save him, but it took mm-hmm. way longer than I expected. Right. Um. And then, like, you know, he brings him back and he's all, like, bloated and stuff, you know, from being out in the atmosphere, the, the lack of atmosphere out in the space. And then he's like, oh, yeah. no, no, I'm fine. Like, mm, yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Exactly. Um, kind of felt like that scene in No Way Home where Toby's Peter gets stabbed. Mm. And then he's like, no, I'm fine. I've been stabbed before. <laughs> it's like, well, then why did you? Uh, okay. Exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I think. Yeah, I agree. That was a nitpick for me. I, I, there was something else. I'm trying to remember. And like um, the only other flaw for me is again, it's a nitpick. Is that the the music? In, I mean, there are some good music, but like the music overall is less iconic as the first two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I mean that's like not even really a criticism, but it's just like you know, I don't know. I feel I'm like more likely to grab the soundtrack from the first two than this one, but I mean, there's some good songs in there. Yeah, I, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I really like probably half of the music in it. Yeah. And the rest I'm like indifferent to, I think. Right. And I feel right. like they didn't utilize the soundtrack as well as the last two movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like the last two were like really weaved into the story really well. And like, right. you know, either actually addressing the music or just like mm-hmm. how like it was being played. This was just kind of like, oh, it's playing in the ship. And that's right. pretty much it, you know? Right, right. Um, And there was one scene where I feel like it really didn't fit. The song really mm. didn't fit what was going on. Like, I didn't care too much because, you know, I was enjoying the song and everything. But, yeah. um, like, like I think it was, like, at, at, at the beginning when they first realized they need to go to that, like, Orocorp or whatever to save mm. Rocket. And, you know, it was kind of, like, a really dire scene. And then they start playing, like, a really upbeat, like, rock song. Mm. and i'm like like i like the song and i was like huh this is like right. almost a little bit jarring the first time i'm like huh why is this being played right then you know mm-hmm. um yeah speaking of soundtrack which which movie do you think has the best um probably number two i think it probably has the most good songs yeah no I, yeah i i agree i feel like yeah I feel like the first one has like three really iconic ones, either because they were already yeah. like pretty iconic and popular, or they, you know, be, like um, "Come and Get Get Your Love" be- became really iconic after the movie came yeah. out. Um, but yeah, the second one, like there were songs I hadn't heard that I ended up really, really liking, songs that I had heard right. that I really liked and just kind of like rediscovered them. So yeah, I feel like the second one has the best, yeah. best soundtrack. Uh yeah, one one of the last things I want to talk about. What's your favorite version of Groot? We have the the original Groot. We have yeah. Baby Groot. There's Teen Groot, I guess, which we technically saw more like in Infinity War, but yeah. a little bit in the end credit scene of Guardians Two. And then there's mm-hmm. Buff Groot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess technically, um, technically, there's like really even bigger Groot in the end credit scene yeah. of Guardians Three. But yeah, I mean, probably the one I like most is just the original one yeah. from the from the first movie. I agree, uh, and then I think B- B- Buff Groot would probably be like a second. Yeah. Um. Though I, I mean, I like I like them all for you know 
did, did yeah i mean they, they, they served their, their part in the story you know yeah but yeah I, I guess that the original just looks the best to me yeah he he, he has a certain charm mm. too and like he he looks the best and like he's cool well, at the same yeah. time, you know, being kind of lovable. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was cool. But I really liked the end one at the end, the end credit scene of yeah. Guardians 3, where he's just a freaking tank now. He's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, what do you think of the new uh, lineup? Yeah, after, after, after the end credit scene of Guardians 2, um, and around that same time, James Gunn said that, and this was before he was fired, he said that mm-hmm. the 3 was going to be the last one, yeah. for him at least. Yeah. And so I just assumed like, well, after this, they're going to go back to the original, the, the Guardians 3000 team is referred to. Me too, yeah. Uh, but they didn't really do that. They, um, they're they in the movie, but they're not really, um, they don't really play a big part in the movie. Um, the team that they went with, I don't, I'm not sure. It seems kind of like, kind of weak to me. Like, I don't know if, if this group of characters could hold their own movie, if yeah. there is going to be another Guardians movie in the future. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean... Rock and Groot are still a part of it. And right. I kind of assumed Kraglin was already part of the team, even though he kind of wasn't mm-hmm. in it for most of it. So, you know, it's fine. I mean, I yeah. feel like Adam Warlock is definitely going to be like their heavy hitter besides right. maybe Groot, which I thought was mm-hmm. But then, then, you know, there's like that one girl that was yeah, thrown well, in there. Yeah, she's supposed to be Quasar. Right. Uh, she's supposed to be in the comics. She was Marvel's daughter. Yes. Which yes. in this, like, I don't know what they're going to do because obviously Mar Marvel had like a really small role. Right, gender bended role in Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, so yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with with her. Right. Plus, she was one of High Evolutionary's experiments. So, mm-hmm. um, and then 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 there's Cosmo as well, which I feel like Cosmo works better as like a side character than an actual yeah. like guardian. But yeah, well, in the original 2008 one, she was the member of the, the team. Oh, in the gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I'm surprised it took her this long, but you know, yeah. whatever. She was good. Yeah, I mean, would you have preferred them be the, like, original? Because we do have the original characters in the movies. Would you have preferred that? Or, like, what we have, the lineup we have now? So, you mean the original, like, the 2008 one? Or, like, what no, do you mean by like, original? like, the, um, like, Starhawk. Oh, and okay. yeah. Obviously not Yondu, but, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's yeah. Mar- Martin X and who Martin else? X and yeah. Major Victory and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have maybe preferred that because um, mm-hmm. it just seems like they're more like unique and each character's clearly defined as to who they are, mm-hmm. at least to someone who's familiar with the comics. I don't know for the casual viewers, but yeah, I would have pre- probably preferred that over this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of was expecting it, and I kind of see what you're saying, but I kind of feel like they weren't really developed either. Where sure. I feel like each, like I feel like all the characters besides maybe what what's a really little, little girl, they mm-hmm. they they all kind of were given like more of a sure you know chance to shine at some point, and we do still have two of the the two two of the originals and one mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. kind of always been on the, on the team, but not really you know in in yeah. Craglin. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious to see where where they go with it if mm-hmm. really anywhere, but and then there's also the other end credit scene where like you know they are they already showed star lord going back to his grandfather which i i'm i I am glad they finally yeah picked up that plot thread and saw through because Mm -hmm. he he was in the second movie very briefly when ego was like taking over the planet and Mm -hmm. i was wondering like is he just gonna kind of keep showing up in like almost like an easter egg form but i'm 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 really glad they actually kind of like it's not really i wouldn't say a completion of peter's arc but it yeah. is, I felt like something like on his to-do list that they hadn't really shown yet. And I felt like it was mm-hmm. a good mm-hmm. scene with them reuniting everything. And that tag at the end was interesting. The legendary Star-Lord will return. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know some people are saying that it's a reference to the, the legendary Star-Lord comic series. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a mini series in like 2014 and it led into I'm Secret sorry. Wars. Yeah. So people are saying like, oh, he's going to come back. It's going to lead into Secret Wars. But I don't know if I see him. Mm-hmm. being in anything else until secret wars at, at this point you know, right secret wars unless it's affected by you know the writer strike yeah. and everything yeah. um it's probably not going to come out till at least 2026 2027 so mm-hmm. and is it they are yeah. a full lineup of movies yeah some people are saying that maybe someone else will become star lord take up the mantle mm-hmm. um to me it seems probably most likely that he'll probably just get like a 
a miniseries on Disney Plus or something like that. Mm. That's what it seems like to me. And he'll just have like a little solo adventure or something like that. Yeah, I I'm see, not really sure. I see that happening. And also, like, it's probably not going to happen either. But in that series, he he got together with Kitty Pride. Yeah. Um, so it is, you know, possible that maybe like they use him to kind of in- introduce an X Men character or two at some point. Mm-hmm. But ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll yeah. we'll. we'll We'll definitely see, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. trilogy. Uh, what do you th- do? You think this is the best trilogy? Because you know, I feel like, I mean, Thor probably wouldn't be in the running anyway. Be, you know, right. even before Love and Thunder came out. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, part of the thing is when I think of a trilogy, it has to be three movies that tie together really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And like that, when you look at all the the three movies that don't, that doesn't really happen in the MCU a whole lot. Yeah. So like definitely this almost by default, it's the best trilogy for me. Right. Um, The only one that comes really close to having all three tied together is Iron Man. But like, I wouldn't say that's the best trilogy. But they're very up and down in quality, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I mean, my favorite is still going to be the Captain America trilogy. Sure. But but like you said, it's true. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is really the only one that really ties together well, besides maybe mm-hmm. the, the Spider-Man ones. Um, oh, yeah. But even the last one was more of like an event film, you know? Right. There's Yeah, because like there's a little bit of... In, those, in the first two, there's a whole lot of that high school's kind of antics yeah. happening. And there's a little bit of that in the beginning, but there's not like it kind of goes away from that as the week it goes on yeah and even the captain america ones like the first two are pretty self-contained and then the third mm-hmm. one's like an avengers movie so yeah i mean yeah there is an argument to be made about the captain america how it's like you can ha- say like the whole trilogy revolves around his relationship with bucky and then you can kind of say well that's yeah kind of ties together in, in a way but you're right it's more of a crossover thing yeah yeah so i think like as far as like an actual like solid trilogy goes like guardians of the yeah. galaxy is easily like just yeah that that, right. that yeah that, yeah definitely so <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you everyone for listening um mm-hmm. this comes out oh yeah new day that this comes out every other wednesday instead of monday mm-hmm. uh and the um actual it goes up um, on like uh, podcast platforms then. And then the following week it goes up on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. We're speaking of our YouTube channel. Check that out. Casual yep. experts yep. or use the link in the description. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, it's casual underscore experts pretty much on all pretty much major. Yeah, uh, everywhere it matters. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even a couple that don't. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you again yeah. for listening slash watching this YouTube mm-hmm. and we'll see you next time. Peace. This has been casual experts only. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to us on and leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. If you would like to check out our social media and our YouTube channel, use the link in the description. This podcast comes out every other Monday, so be sure to check out all our other episodes. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.